Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone and welcome to midday super talk mississippi i'm your host gerard gibbert along with rhino in the element well studio guiding you through the middle of your day with facts fodder and fine music on this hump day is it really though because we're off tomorrow <laughs> it's half hump day. turkey day eve <laughs> there you go well it is in fact we have made it to the hump day of a thanksgiving week we appreciate you uh joining us this morning had a good time uh yesterday up there at the grammy museum rhino that's, oh yeah that's a pretty cool place and uh i learned that uh, emily havens the executive director of the Grammy Museum, Mississippi, in Cleveland, Mississippi. She kind of shares the affinity for the same genre of music I do. <laughs> the uh, it, More specifically, she likes the, the big hair 80s rock. She's a big Poison fan. That's as big as the hair gets right there. Glam rock. <laughs> That's it. So she's... Um, she told me they're working on curating some exhibits that would feature those artistes. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. I enjoyed, uh, of course, being a fan of that era. The Bon Jovi exhibit, that was pretty cool. I really did enjoy that. Leonard Skinner, what a great exhibit they have uh, to the, I guess the band, you could honestly say, uh, kind of established the genre of Southern rock. It's fair to say that. They were certainly instrumental in its popularity at a minimum. And, of course, tragically, uh, met their fate in Mississippi and uh, had lots of their instruments and attire, stage attire, the traveling case for their guitars and so forth. That's pretty cool. But if you haven't been, folks, I strongly encourage you to uh, take a trip up to Cleveland. The city of Cleveland is thriving. I was impressed. I mean, you know what? I knew that from going there last year and and traveling through the area here and there. But uh, still holding on and honestly thriving. Like I said, I mean, it, it, the traffic was, uh, I won't say congested, but it was a lot of traffic, a lot of activity. And when you look down the Main Street, I didn't travel it, but that Main Street's really cool. The big boulevard, the big neutral ground, the green area separating the, the street, uh, the traffic there. It's pretty wide. I'd say it's, what, 20, 30 yards wide? I mean, it's not just a small kind of strip there. But again, all the shops, all the buildings occupied, all the storefronts decorated, and uh, most importantly, 
looks like there was folks parked all along the streets. So there was plenty of traffic, which means people are inside buying stuff, which is good. And, of course, we got Thanksgiving tomorrow. What about the uh, the price of your Thanksgiving meal? What is that looking like? It's It has declined a bit. Some and, of it has. Yeah, so that's right. Turkey, uh, in, uh, specifically, in particular. Whereas uh, ham is near an all-time high. It's high. That's right. And um, I haven't seen the underlying reasons for pork products being up. Uh, but I know you're right about that. Of course, old Liz Warren, she's wasted no time going out there on Twitter telling us how wonderful everything is. Uh, CNBC reported Thanksgiving dinner will be cheaper this year thanks to lower turkey costs, survey says. But someone on this post rightfully pointed out the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they're the folks that keep up with all that sort of pricing information, CPI, etc., has reported a significant spike in grocery prices with a nearly 17% increase over the past two years. This commenter goes on to say, this is kind of tone deaf, don't you think? Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's like comparing the price of gas today to what it was six months ago. Yeah, it's down. I admit that. But... If you're president for three years, do you do you just get attributed with what happens when stuff's good during a short period of time and the other period? It depends on what party you're on, what side the media uh, of the media you're on in terms of their favoritism. You don't, you're not responsible for the prior two years. It's unbelievable how they can peddle this crap on the American people, but they're saying no, no, no. We remember. They're panicking. You know, we talked about this some yesterday and the day before. Hearing more scuttlebutt about possible behind-closed-doors meetings with the president, assuming he can stay awake long enough for him, about uh, maybe it's time to ride off into the sunset here. Take credit for a job well done there, Joe Biden, despite the fact that you're a, you're a habitual liar, and you have been your entire life, as you have aptly pointed out. You saw his birthday cake. It looked like a forest fire. <laughs> Can you believe they actually had photos and video of that? No kidding, folks. Who thought had, it was a good idea to put 81 candles on a cake that small? <laughs> they lit that thing, and the flames truly were about a foot above. They were taller than the cake. The cake. <laughs> and Joe's got that old crooked smile going on. Uh, again, I'm just having fun. Good grief. Somebody out there is probably going to say, you don't ever make fun of it. <laughs> no, we're just having a little fun. It, it You couldn't help but notice. They had this cake, and it had a foot of flames on top of it. Well, the problem with the the closed doors, behind-the-scenes meetings to tell Biden it's time to ride off in the sunset is it has to come with an addendum. Take Kamala with you, please. Yeah. I would agree. In the, because in the, they don't want her. Yeah, you're right. They are they're freaking out over that possibility, are they not, that uh, she would rise to that level. You got this guy, Dean Phillips. You know who he is. He, he announced, what, about two, three weeks ago that he is a candidate for president of these United States, a Democrat, and uh, a rather wealthy one. He hails from the great state, the Great Lakes state of 
of uh, Minnesota. Isn't that what they call it? No, is it that what they call it? Land of 10,000 lakes or something like that. I think that's Well, Minnesota. you can't ask Biden because he said 1,000 lakes. <laughs> I Pretty sure it's 10,000 lakes. I think that's right. So Phillips says voters have no faith in Vice President Kamala Harris if she were to succeed President Biden. And I'm telling you, the Democrats are going apoplectic on Representative Phillips. What do you mean you called out Kamala Harris? You can't do that. After all, she's a black female right there off limits. <laughs> Unbelievable. And he is a millionaire businessman. That's how he's being described. He says, I hear from others who know her a lot better than I do that many think she's not well positioned. Not well positioned. What a diplomatic way of stating she's totally, wholly unqualified. <laughs> She's been out of her depth the entire time. That's true. He goes on to say, Harris's approval numbers are even worse than Biden's. Oh, boy, the left just melting down. You know, you don't do that in Democrat land. You don't You don't call out another. You don't criticize another. Honestly, they're better at that than Republicans are. But I'm proud to see that he's calling, calling it like he sees it. He said it's pretty clear she's not somebody people have faith in. <laughs> Duh, what tipped you off there, Representative Phillips? So he's getting blasted by the Democrats. Something else significant, of course, about this day, folks, you probably have already uh, thought about it. John F. Kennedy, 60 years ago today, was assassinated. 60 years ago. I. It's one of those events, if you were... Living and breathing at the time, you'll never forget where you were when you heard about it. Uh, I'm one of those. I remember that. Uh, it was a tragic day. It was um, I, what I remember more than anything, I guess, and I know folks that were around then as well probably do. I was very young, by the way, but I was around, and I do remember it. I mean, I was old enough to understand that the president was killed. In broad daylight, literally, in public. What I remember more than anything was Walter Cronkite. When he got choked up in announcing that the president had died, it was reported from Parkland Hospital there in Dallas. I remember him distinctly. I still see this, and I'm sure it's out on YouTube, the video of it, because he was America's uh, news anchor, as as you might say, with uh, CBS. And he had the big horn-rimmed glasses. That's about all we had back in those days. And I remember him taking them off, you know, to wipe his eye, crying about it. Now, Mr. Cronkite, different than today's journalist, he he was known to be a leftist, left-leaning. Not unusual for any journalist, honestly, especially at that level. But he never let you know that, how things have changed, right? He just delivered the news straight, without opinion, Without his slant and his take, he just told you the news. Man, I long for those days. Out of pure journalists, not opinion people, but journalists. We're coming right back with more in the Ellibut Well studio. We got Brian Haydad from Sports Talk Mississippi at 1035. Gerard Gibbert. He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s, Gerard Gibbert, Super Talk, Mississippi. 
Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We are live in the Element Wealth Studio. Are you thinking about or planning for retirement? Do you have a plan? Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. The Dow up 136 points at this hour. The NASDAQ up, let's see, last I checked, about 50 points or so. And, uh, you know, the market, I think, is trying to find its way. Yeah, NASDAQ's up 66. The, there was some news this morning. This is pretty a pretty critical indicator of uh, the future of the economy. Jobless claims rose to 209,225,000 expected. So that's a bit... Uh, confusing, shall we say, to the markets because they were thinking that more people were going to be out of work, filing unemployment. And this is what kind of doesn't add up, logically, is durable goods orders. That is a key indicator of uh, future uh, economic health. Durable goods orders down 5.4% month over month. The expectation by economist consensus was 3.1. Wow. So, and all that, I think, really means is that a lot of folks do finance major purchases like those, durable goods. They don't have the cash out of pocket to pay for that. Maybe they've got available credit on their standard credit cards, but maybe they enter into retail finance agreements. Bottom line is the cost of financing has risen rather sharply with uh, the Fed and its interest rate hike campaign. I think it's fair to say that. So folks are pulling back. And I, I think, honestly, this is really just the sort of the lagging effect, if you will, of the interest rate hikes, it's just starting to sink in. You had, I think, was it yesterday, Lowe's came out, same-store sales, down, issued somewhat uh, downward guidance. NVIDIA, on the other hand, you believe that? They absolutely blew it out. Now, that was announced after the show yesterday, and they announced their earnings, and they shocked everybody. And it was one of those deals Yeah, because before their announcement, their stock was going down. It was, and it's actually down today, believe it or not, which makes no sense to me because they, they beat top and bottom line and their guidance was through the roof. And uh, who was it said, yeah, we'll buy every chip they make. It may have been Elon Musk and uh, you know, his various pursuits to incorporate artificial intelligence in every line of business he has, whether it's SpaceX or his uh, electric vehicles. Starlink Internet, et cetera, et cetera. He says, yeah, we'll buy all you got. So this um, this artificial intelligence wave, I think it's got lots of legs, and we're just getting started. I do think it is a phenomenon that's going to continue to drive the market upward considerably, and NVIDIA is at the heart of that because right now, they I don't want to say they got the market cornered, but they're certainly the – so-called 400-pound gorilla in the space of making chips that are optimized and purpose-built for artificial intelligence. It's pretty cool. I was, you know, we were talking yesterday about the travel 
Uh, it's expected to be the, the biggest Thanksgiving travel period in our history, both on the road, AAA uh, provides those, AAA, those projections, and then the uh, airline industry and the TSA as well provide outlook on the air travel. It's expected that 6 million are going to take to the skies, and I think I saw 50 million traveling in a vehicle for some purpose during the Thanksgiving holidays. So, you know, I mentioned yesterday about United has upgraded their app so that uh, because they're expecting with the bad weather and the and the massive amount of travel, they're expecting there's going to be delays. There's going to and delays usually result in cancellations because you don't make the window to fly. And so United has announced that on your app now, you can do all your rebooking. Because that's when you get that cancellation, usually it says you got to go to the gate and talk to somebody and they'll help you rebook and route you uh, in some other fashion to your final destination. And so I heard this morning that they're starting to incorporate are the airlines some degree of AI into their apps so that when those situations happen, it kind of knows everything about you and your travel plans and it makes suggestions much more robustly than what you get today. That's pretty cool. I mean, I I think that is a very positive use of artificial intelligence. And again, that is a lot uh, more of a pleasant experience, though anytime your flights are canceled, that ain't ever pleasant. It's stressful at a minimum, especially when you're traveling to like here, to to Jackson, um, which would be the largest commercial airport in the state, because we're not a hub, generally speaking. We don't, meaning we don't have connecting flights. We have a handful of direct flights. But in general, you're going to have to route to get somewhere through Atlanta when you're going east of Delta or perhaps Dallas or Houston going west. New Orleans, if you're lucky. Right. That's possible. Um, But I can't tell you the number of times I've traveled from the northeast, of course, through Atlanta on over to Jackson and back. And you got a little window of time because there's just a limited number of flights between Atlanta and Jackson. And when you miss them, you're done. You're spending the night, as I have many times, in the airport, all dressed up in a suit, sleeping on the seats there. A couple of times, the porters have actually tapped me. No sleeping, sir. <laughs> I've had that happen before. What do you mean, no sleeping? It's 3 o'clock in the morning here. I'm tired. <laughs> no sleeping. <laughs> but... You know, if this if this artificial intelligence and the ability to rebook without the need for um, air airline assistance, personal assistance, I'd say that's positive. So there we go. But I mean, that's half the problem is waiting in the line to talk to somebody at the desk to get something squared away for you. And, no doubt, and and I will say I have uh, sadly witnessed travelers who just take out their frustrations on the poor agent. The agent has nothing to do with it. They're just there to help you try to enter all that stuff in the computer and get you on your way. It's like, hey, we didn't control the weather or mechanical failure. You know, it's and I know people are frustrated, but think a little bit about the situation. Don't be Steve Martin. <laughs> exactly. Although I can empathize, well, I can't empathize with him. I can sympathize with with Steve Martin's character in playing strange and automobile. That's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this JFK thing we were talking about sixty years ago today. You know, 
I don't think that deal's put to bed yet. I really don't. I do not, for one, believe in the so-called single bullet theory. The magic bullet. Yeah, and there's just overwhelming evidence that that ain't possible. But, you know, they still haven't released all the information, which is bothersome. All the information which I thought was supposed to be fully released to the public in 2017, as I recall. That still is not out there. And there are physicians that, uh, you know, in the wake of the assassination and they're attending to the president at Parkland Hospital in the ER, they've come out and finally said that, and now I don't know how many of them are still alive. I know Dr. McClellan, he died in 2019 at the age of 89. He said he believed that, quote, in all probability there was a conspiracy, i.e. there was more than one shooter. Now that's from a doctor who attended to the president. And there are others. Uh, Dr. Jones, another one, said that in retrospect, if Mr. Oswald was in the sixth floor depository, how could he have been shot from the front then? And and so was there more than one assailant? I'm, I, a reasonable question, I would say, given the evidence that we have. Something about, have you seen this, where one of the exit wounds really was not properly exposed or revealed, or entrance exit wounds, I think it was one in the head and one in the neck as well on the president. Well, I don't if know, you so. remember the very famous Zapruder film, before yeah. the, for lack of a better term, kill shot, you see him grabbing towards his neck, and it's believed that right. that was a bullet that entered from behind, hit him in the back, came out of his, his chest right above his sternum below his neck. Then you have the the problem with the Zapruder film being censored for years and years, where the public did not see the, again, for lack of a better word, kill shot. Yeah. And those frames do appear to show... An impact from the front. Yeah, yeah. Some ain't right about all that. Oh, it was Oswald acting alone on the sixth floor of the book depository. I'm not buying that, honestly. We're stepping aside for a break right now, folks. When we come back, it's our good friend Brian Haydad, the co-host of Sports Talk Mississippi and Thunder and Lightning. It's Egg Bowl time. Stay with us. Covering the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk Mississippi. I know Mississippi State claims it, but the band just performed it live at the Formula One there in Las Vegas, and it was totally awesome, as you can imagine. You know, I have a um, you know a d- new dog at the house. He weighs about forty pounds now. In three months, man, he's grown up. Well, I have a a a treasured, cherished journey blanket that uh, sits atop uh, one of um, one of my chairs. 
He's like taking it over. He jumped up on it yesterday, scrambled it all up while he was eating on his bone, little Nyla bone and stuff. So my wife has announced that he now has taken possession of my cherished journey blanket. But we welcome to the program now our good friend Brian Haydad, the co-host of Sports Talk Mississippi and the wildly successful Thunder and Lightning. I have declared he's my favorite Mississippi State fan. However, I've fallen from the ranks, Rhino. I'm now number nah. No, 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 never, never. <laughs> What's going on never. there? <laughs> What's going on, Gerard? Good to be with you today. Well, we got the old Egg Bowl coming up, and I've been hearing uh, the sound bites on our news here at the intervals where uh, uh, Lane Kiffin was talking to David Kellum about the cowbell rules. <laughs> Is it true there's like some special carve-out just for the Ole Miss game? Is that true or not? No, no, it's the same rule all the time. Okay. You, you got to stop ringing it when the center puts his hand on the ball. That's okay. how it is for everybody. Fair and balanced, equal treatment. Okay, uh, and I'm sure everyone in the stands complies with that rule, right? One hundred percent compliance. <laughs> I love it, and I, I defy you to prove otherwise. <laughs> well, uh, it's a big game as it always is. It's on Turkey Day uh, this year, so your preference. Thanksgiving or Saturday for the game, for the Egg Bowl? I don't know why I like it on Thanksgiving, though. Okay. I, there's just something about having that Saturday of college football and and the hay is already in the barn, so to speak, especially if your team gets the win, right? Yeah. Because then you're just watching college football. You're enjoying life. You know the trophies <laughs> in the city that you want it to be in. That's a fun day. That's you know We do our Thanksgiving dinner on Saturday now instead of doing it on Thursday. So, so I don't, you know, I'm not having to rush or anything with the game. And uh, I, I love it on Thanksgiving. I got you. In the old days, I don't see this as much anymore. You had to have the uh, the flags that you attached to your windows on the automobile. And if you yeah. won, of course, you sported those. If you lost, you just kind of hid. <laughs> no. <laughs> it goes from, you know, you'll be driving along, and I'll, I'll see a tag with that red squiggly line on the front. And, that, you know, last year, I, I, you know, two years ago, I was just like, oh, God, I turned my head. I don't want to see that. Last year, I would smirk. I'm just like, ah, got you. We got you this year. Well, one thing is for sure, don't get too comfortable one way or another. It has a tendency to to uh, get confused and swivel about across the, the state, does it not? I mean, that's been the way it's been. Yeah, I, I, you know, you think back to the the real old days, Gerard, even before your time at Ole Miss, and, and you know, when Johnny Vaught was there, dominated this rivalry, right? I think went, yep. went 18 years without losing to Mississippi State. Yep. And you think about what that would be like now. You oh. think about what it would go be like, never mind 18 years, just five. Yep. Imagine if one team won five straight Egg Bowls. I mean, that would be an, it'd be unbearable for the other side. Uh, no doubt about it. It'd be unlimited smack <laughs> 24 yeah, hours would. a day, 365 a year. It's for what yeah. they call them old bragging rights. Now, we'll have to say, though, Ole Miss is playing for a little bit more than bragging rights here. Yeah. Yeah, both teams have got something else on the line. For Ole Miss, you know, this is a chance to finish out, I mean, a second 10-win season in three years. We just mentioned Vaught. That's as good a stretch as Ole Miss has had since he was roaming the sidelines there. Yeah. Uh, a chance to, you know, if things go their way on Friday with the Missouri-Arkansas game, they could end up in one of the, the access bowls like the Peach Bowl or the Cotton Bowl and, and finish the season in the top ten. And then for Mississippi State, it's just about getting to any bowl they can, they can get their hands on. They need a sixth win to be assured of that. They're, they're, it looks like there's going to be enough. There's not going to be enough six and six teams. 
that some five and seven teams are going to make it, and so State could be in that mix. But State would like to remove all doubt, obviously, and just just get in there with a win on Thursday night. What do you expect tomorrow? Yeah, you, you, you're going to be surprised hearing this from me, but I think Ole Miss is going to dominate this football game. I, I just hmm. don't, I just don't have a lot of faith in State this year. They just haven't played well for the most part. I mean, offensively, they're just very, very limited, and defensively. They've been better the past few weeks, but I don't think they've played the best offenses. I mean, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, and they, they gave up 51 to a, a mediocre Texas A&M with their third-string quarterback. I, I think State's in real trouble uh, tomorrow night. I think Ole Miss is, is probably going to win this game pretty easily. Do you think the coaching That's changed? not me sandbagging you either. No, I'm Richard saying. thinks I'm sandbagging. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sandbagging. What do you think the coaching change might serve as, I don't know, uh, in, one way or another to the State team? State players. It it, it, it it gives them a little juice. It gives them a little excitement. You saw the video last week of, of Coach Knox riding that four-wheeler into the locker room, and, and that got them motivated. And, and, and I think that they will be motivated, but motivation only takes you so far. Yeah. And talent's got to take over at some point. And Ole Miss is just the better football team this year. They just, well, there's just no getting around that. Certainly, as they say on paper, that would be the case. But, you know, it's always said um, that uh, all the records are out the window and all the games in the prior yeah. season's out the window. And, and, of course, playing there in Starkville at Scott Field is, is always a tough challenge. Here's what I think. If, if Ole Miss does get up, by a couple of mm-hmm. scores, I do think they run away with it. The, the problem is, yeah. can they get to there, to that point? As long as I think State's well, kind of I mean, in the game, it's tough. Ole Miss is a big play offense. They, they like to get those chunk plays, both in the running and the passing game. And State's defense this year has just been a sieve for those kind of plays. I mean, you go back and you watch them against LSU, South Carolina, A&M, Alabama, they give up those chunk plays. So Ole Miss, you know, I just feel like they're going to be successful – and then on the other side of the ball, Ole Miss is a defense. They're kind of the same thing. They get big plays on defense. They get sacks. They force turnovers. State's offensive line has struggled this year. I think they'll struggle to protect Will Rogers, who's just not a threat to run. And it's, I just, I just don't. I think it's just a bad mix for Mississippi State. Yeah, you know, I, I am worried from an Ole Miss fan perspective about uh, our offensive line. You know, we've sustained some injuries yeah. there. Do you think that'll come into play? If, if they play like they played last week, that can go in State's favor, right? State, I saw the uh, enough of the, uh, the Ole Miss L, uh, ULM game that I saw that they struggled there. And, and you know, obviously I think State's better on the defensive line than ULM is. So, yeah. yeah, if they can put some pressure on Jackson Dart, that's great. But Dart is a good enough runner that he can escape that. Um, State's going to need a big game from Buki Watson and Jet Johnson, who have been big game guys all year long leading the SEC in tackles. They're going to need to really step up. Uh, tomorrow night for State to have a chance. I'm thinking we may see some uh, design uh, plays, delay and dark takes off sort of plays. We saw some of that earlier in the season. I, I w- yeah. You think that's possible? I mean, he, he, the only thing I would be concerned with there is, you know, and I, I saw the reports that he, he's he's banged up. And banged it's, up. It's, this is the last week of a football season. Everybody's banged up. Sure. Um, but they might they might try to protect him. I don't know if they would want to do a lot of design runs with him. But that being said, when the play breaks down, he's he's fully capable of getting out there. Um, and if you know, it depends on the weather. You know, it's supposed to, I think it's going to be cloudy tomorrow. But I mean, it's Thanksgiving Day with the Egg Bowl. I, I just expect rain at some point. It could be a clear, beautiful day. <laughs> That's and true. We get, we'll get a thunderstorm on that day. That's so absolutely true. Yeah, well, I mean, but the rain I think helps Ole Miss because they can just run the football with Judkins and, and Bentley and, and just mash straight ahead. Well, we look forward to it. It ought, it ought to be fun. Uh, for a second here, uh, Coach Cooley, 
over at uh, Delta State. I don't oh, know if you caught, uh, Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know if you caught that interview. <laughs> we, <laughs> I do not. What do you have to say? Uh, well, he's just fantastic and, of course, very successful, yeah. very humble about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the end there, uh, Brian, we, we, we can't ignore it. I asked him about his uh, his feelings on NIL, the portal, and all that kind of stuff. And he, he didn't hesitate. I don't like it. I mean, he just came right out. Yeah. I think, honestly, that represents the sentiments of most coaches in, in college yeah, football. Too. Don't you? Because, you know, I think that those who enjoy recruiting, that are really good at it, they like selling their programs and all the mm-hmm. assets they have to offer. But with this, that's almost secondary. Yeah. I think coaches for sure don't like it because it, it makes you have to re-recruit your roster every year. It's not it's not good enough that you've got them, you sign them and then they're on your team. Now you gotta keep them on your team every year. And you know, you know and I know that things are going on behind their back. I mean, Quinshawn Judkins is probably hearing from other programs yeah. right now. Tulu Griffin is probably hearing from other programs, Xavion Thomas. And that you know, they get in their ear and they have to make decisions. So yeah, it it definitely makes it tougher for the coaches. But just for my purposes, I have trouble feeling sorry for a guy making nine million dollars a year. <laughs> I hear you. So you know, you just you just you just take your lumps there and, and keep your team together. You'll be all right. <laughs> well, that now Todd Cooley's a little different. He's, he's not making different. nine million. That's a year, right. But, but yeah. he's, I I think they've got a pretty good chance to end up in the national championship. What about you? Yeah, I do too. That that quarterback she got he's who right good. now has my he's got my Connerly vote right now and and he he's playing at a really high level. They got a they got a great chance to win a national title. They there do and Cleveland. coach Cooley was uh he, he did not hesitate to promote his quarterback as uh his pick and he, yeah. and well he should for the Connerly. Well, uh we shall see. We might have a little post egg bowl discussion next week sometime, but appreciate you coming on we'll today, see. Brian. I I hope that you have a fantastically happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Good to talk to you. You too, my friend. I'll see you soon. You got it. We're coming right back, folks, in the Element Well studio. Stay with us. Days with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. All right, fellow babies, and now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Mall for the big turkey giveaway. So take it away, Les Nessman. This is Les Nessman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center where the excitement is mounting. We're here to witness the big WKLD turkey Thanksgiving giveaway. I'm here with hundreds of people who have gathered to witness what has been described as perhaps the greatest turkey event in Thanksgiving Day history. All we know for sure is that in a very few moments there are going to be a lot of happy people out here. Now, the crowd is, the, the crowd is uh, curious, but well-behaved. And I think I hear something now. Oh, yes, I can see it now. It's a, it's a helicopter. And it's coming this way. The copter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's a, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plumbing to, to the earth from only 2,000 feet into the air. The third. No parachutes yet. Skydivers. I can't tell just yet what they are, but... Oh, my God, they're turkeys! Oh, Johnny, can you get this? Oh, they're turkeys! 
crashing to the earth right in front of our eyes. This one just the windshield of a parked car. Running around pushing each other. Oh my goodness! Oh the humanity! Oh, people are running about. Uh, the turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. Folks, I, I don't know how much longer the, the crowd is running for their lives. isn't there. <clears throat> Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Lance. Uh, those of you who just tuned in, the Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkey. Film at 11. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> Back everyone, that's the boss, Bruce Springsteen. So there in the uh, Grammy Museum, uh, where we were positioned yesterday in kind of the, the vestibule area, atop the entry into the museum, the ceiling is—it's uh, kind of a cathedral style ceiling, and they've got vaulted. Yeah, vaulted. That's right. I used to have one—a house that had a vaulted ceiling, and it. it was popular back in the '80s. Oh yeah. Um, well, they had big uh, blow-up black-and-white photos of famous musical artists. The boss was one of them. Now, I'm not sure if he has a connection to Mississippi. Perhaps that's why. Uh, it just could be because of his, his Grammy experience. Also, Janis Joplin, Leontine Price, of course, uh, from Mississippi, was featured as well. That's pretty cool, honestly. Those big old black and white photos. The one of uh, Janis Joplin, of course, she passed away at 27, as I recall. She looks 12 in the photo, but I'm sure she it was in her heyday, and she was dressed in all the kind of hippie garb of the day. But the boss is prominently displayed up there. Again, I said Leontine Price, really cool. Adele, grasping about five Grammys when she won a bunch of them, huh, in her oh, yeah. career. So, and I don't know if she has a connection uh, either uh, to the great state of Mississippi. But nonetheless, she's a, a huge part of the Grammys. That's pretty neat, though. VM uh, Squared, Matt Rose says, land of 10,000 lakes as a former Minnesotan. So we had that right, 10,000 lakes. I thought that's what it was. Uh, that's where... Because weren't the... I mean, the mythology is that it was... Was it Paul Bunyan and Babe Wrestling that created the depressions for the Ten Thousand Lakes? Oh, I didn't know that. Is that the is that part of the, the American mythos with Paul Bunyan and I didn't know John that. Henry Irons? How about that? Pecos Bill. There you go. Speaking of uh, <laughs> some of the uh, the history, this is really ancient history here. A Roman emperor has been branded transgender. By a British museum. What gives them the right to identify this? Uh, this is unbelievable. Of course, this is the 
Hertfordshire. I think I said that right. Hertfordshire could be different uh, accent on the syllable. Hertfordshire, something Hertfordshire? like that. Okay. This is a museum. It's considered quite woke. <laughs> uh, Alagabalus, is that the name of the emperor? Is that right? E-L-A-G-A-B-A-L-U-S. I think it's Elagabalus. Elagabalus. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure where to accent the syllables, but... You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. I got you. Well, <laughs> it turns out that the museum has declared he, he was transgender. And it turns out he liked to set leopards and snakes on the, <laughs> on the dinner guest as a prank. How about that? Have some leopards and snakes. Enjoy your meal. Must be referred to as a she. That's That's what happens when you give total power to a teenager. (laughs) That's true. They release. (laughs) They become savage teenagers. We're coming right back after Fox News and Super Talk News. We got Drake Bassett with Palmer Home at 12.05. You're home for... And now... And now... The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's hour two of middays. We are live in the Element Well studio on this hump day. And it's also Thanksgiving Eve. Is that how you described it, I believe, as we kicked off the program today? We thank you so much for joining us. It is going to be Thanksgiving across the fruited plain. We have so much to be grateful for, no doubt about it. And, you know, we talk a lot on this program about uh, the many challenges that beset our nation, our state, our world. But we got to pause on Thanksgiving to take stock of all of the uh, amazing benefits that we have, uh, especially being blessed to, to live and work and worship, raise a family in this, in this country. So it's still unbelievable. It really is. It's better by far than any other, and it's why we work so hard to preserve it. And so in doing so, we call out those who, I think, seek to destroy it, to, well, they call it, Rhino, uh, reimagine, deconstruct, and decolonize, and all this word salad garbage. No, we don't want to do that. It's worked pretty damn good. we got to keep it up. And uh, these people that, that seek to inflict their worldview, which I think is twisted, um, they're selfish, honestly. They're just selfish. Looking for attention, you call it the dopamine effect. It's it's this museum with this transgender crap of some ancient Roman emperor. Who the hell cares, honestly? Why is that even important? Unbelievable. And if you hadn't heard it, folks, the... Um, Department of Homeland Security, they're ordering the border guards not to presume 
the gender or pronouns for illegals. Why are we giving deference to people who are illegally crossing into this country? This is incredible. I I was shocked when I saw this. I guess I shouldn't be anymore. That's what's sad. But, Rhino, this is an entire document dedicated to this purpose that they have published addressing this issue. It's just unbelievable when you start looking at some of the stuff they say in in this document. It's, you know, uh, uh, examples of how to deal, how the Border Patrol uh, should deal with the sexuality and the identities of those who cross into the nation. The instructions say that LGBTQI plus status should be kept confidential. Oh, that's really important, that we we maintain the, the confidential nature of the sexual preference of the people who are illegally crossing into this country. I can't comprehend it. It's not just Border Patrol. Do you see what the Pentagon asked for? $114 million. $114 million to spend on DEI programs. Unbelievable. Less than a week after they failed their audit for over $1.5 trillion under their care. It's like, look over here at the shiny new object. Pay no attention to those trillions of dollars we can't find that you paid for. This whole decolonization crap is just a, it's a kind of a jihad, if you think about it, unto itself. But it's just mind-boggling to me. So they have examples, by the way, in the instructions, in the policy that was published that directs Border Patrol agents how to deal with this issue, this gender issue, for those crossing over illegally. It says... If, if a longer dialogue with a migrant is occurring, it may be appropriate to ask the individual their preferred pronouns. For example, state, I would like to be respectful. Respectful? You broke the law. You came in into this country unlawfully. I would like to be respectful, it instructs the Border Patrol agents to ask. What name and pronoun would you like me to use when addressing you while I'm putting the handcuffs on your butt? Which they don't do, of course. It's for five minutes, and then we just let them go. It says, (laughs) explicitly, avoid asking, what is your sex? Get this. Pay attention here. Unless operationally necessary. Operationally necessary. Huh? Now I could, uh, to translate that, I would imagine it means if you are needing to do a search of an individual, you would need to have an officer of the same sex performing the search so that is not to have any glimmer of impropriety. Okay, but you know how complicated that gets when it's all based on your identity and not your physical anatomy. Yeah, it's going to be tough to find an officer that identifies as a dragon. <laughs> so Mayorkas, who uh, honestly ought to be out of here, he just ought to be summarily dismissed. He's unqualified. He's a woke lapdog fool. Mayorkas has directed the border guards to open the borders, of course, to 6 million, 6 million 
Six million have crossed into this country. That's twice the population of our state. Six million. No, they're not talking about that. They're talking about pronouns. Is this like a new form of Marxism? You know, it used to be the goal of the Marxists was to seize control of industry and the economy and assets and redistribute them. Now it appears that they're on a more sort of pernicious basis trying to seize control of just the attitudes of people. And it and it's and it's I guess being executed through this this gender ideology crap. I've said it before and I repeat it. The Democrat Party has three underlying pillars to its ideology climate, race, and gender. You can't you can't dispute it when you see that this major agency and a member of the cabinet has published this huge document do's and don'ts, if you will, with respect to gender of people who cross into this country illegally, you're off the rails. I mean, you just are. You've lost all sense, all common sense for sure. You're illogical, you're impractical, and you're completely focused on that which is wholly unimportant. You're not entitled to being properly pronouned. It's not even proper. It's your wish. It's your pronoun wish addressed uh, by that if you illegally entered into the country. What you're entitled to is to a swift kick in the butt to get out. That's what you're entitled to. Nothing more. Unbelievable. I, I'm just flabbergasted by this, as you can tell. I find it deeply disturbing. Was it Carter Woodson that said, if you can control a man's thinking, you don't have to worry about his actions? I think that's right. And it just feels like that that's what's going on here with the, the, the left's agenda in this country. And, and, they're, and they're just imposing this garbage, this language garbage. It just feels like that's their approach, is that we're just going to change everything imposing our will with respect to language and and just public discourse and these various cultural values. It's just upside down. Totally upside down. And then back to your announcement of the Department of Defense. What $114 million bucks for diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility programs. It's now it's DEIA. That's we've extended it a little bit, right? Strategic management plan is what they're calling it. It's so, I don't know, maybe I'm old school. Shouldn't the Pentagon be worried about producing a lethal fighting force designed to deter bad actors who would like to, nothing more than to seize control of this country, to deter them? From misbehaving, that ought to be the job. And if well, they that's do, the problem is the leadership has convinced themselves that this is a requirement for a healthy fighting force. You're right about that. We uh, during Pride Month in June, remember, we played several clips when the Air Force had a huge celebration 
uh, ceremonies for like two days, it seemed like. And we had the uh, commander of the newly formed Space Force said it was a force multiplier and a war-fighting impediment that we embrace all this. What's that got to do with fighting wars? We're stepping aside for a break, folks. We're in the Element Well studio. It's middays. It's the day before Thanksgiving. We're coming right back. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. The rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. On Super Talk Mississippi. We are back in the Element Well studio. It's middays. We uh, appreciate you joining us. Um, I got to do a a little uh, shameless uh, promotion here. I hope Have you, at it. Yeah, I hope you'll indulge me a bit. Um, something that uh, I'm proud of, and I'll tell you why in a second. But today, if you happen to take the Wall Street Journal, if you turn to page... Uh, 23 of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I'm I'm uh, one of nine featured in a big expose. Um, I've been named, you know, I was named to Who's Who in America a couple of months ago. Very honored and humbled by that. But I found out a couple of weeks ago that the Who's Who organization also named me to the Distinguished Leaders Honor. It's a very small percentage of those recognized in the who's who program that also are recognized as a distinguished leader so they today um, ran a quarter page uh, feature it's it's just photos of those who are recognized and a little background on on uh, those that uh, were named to uh, that list of distinguished leaders really really proud of that but mainly proud that Mississippi uh, gets a little recognition in the Wall Street Journal. And uh, I guess something else I'd like to point out is my sweet daughter wrote a really nice uh, post about it, and I won't uh, ask you to indulge that, but I will tell you that when I read it this morning before I came into the studio, I got a little choked up reading it. You know, I think that a man is truly blessed and privileged and honestly rich when um, they ascend to the, to the level of having a fantastic family as a father. And I, I've certainly been blessed with that, with a loving wife and fabulous adult children. That's what being rich is all about, honestly. And so when, you know, you can take, I think, some, some um, good feelings – in reflecting on your your daughter, your own flesh and blood, saying really nice things about you as a father and pointing out 
some of the things that she remembers. So I'm really I'm proud of that. I'm I'm uh, honestly at a bit of a loss for words on it. But you know, those of you out there that are fortunate enough to be fathers and and uh, know what that's all about when your adult children finally come to that conclusion that you know you've been a valuable part of their life. That's uh, that's incredibly gratifying and rewarding, and I'm truly blessed in that respect. If you get a chance, page 23 of today's Wall Street Journal. That's really pretty neat. And um, I, I mean, I, how often do you get to see a familiar face in the Wall Street Journal? Very true, and I appreciate that, Rhino. But you know, more than anything, it's not about me, but it's about my home state. Uh, not too often we're featured in there. But um, I am blessed. I've lived the American dream. There's no doubt about it. And the message I want to deliver to others, especially our young folks, is still alive and well, despite what people will tell you. I promise it is. It's alive and well. And you put your mind to it. You take some risk. You work your butt off. You can achieve it. And, you know, honestly... It's different. It manifests differently with different people. But the fact is, the this country is still the place where you can. I mean, I'm I'm a kid from honestly the lower middle class area of West Jackson. I was blessed with two loving parents. And if you want to call that privilege, so be it. That was God's plan. I I hope and want every child to have that same sort of home life. There's no doubt, no doubt that your chances of succeeding are increased exponentially when you are privileged to grow up in a home with loving parents who, who show you right from wrong, who guide you, who mentor you, but most importantly, who love you. And I, I've lived that. i you know, I wish my parents were around today, and I hope they're smiling down from heaven on what they see. We should all aspire to that. That's it's not unique to me. But certainly when your child um, praises you in that respect the way she did today, I'm incredibly appreciative for that and, as you can tell, a bit emotional about it. But um, that's what I'm thankful for today is family and I can't think of anything else to be more thankful for, honestly. But gosh, are we blessed to live in this country or not? Unbelievable. Despite its warts, despite its flaws. We acknowledge that. We admit that. And we push back on those that want to radically change it. Some things don't need to be changed. Uh, I've worked in an industry where we embrace change. We drove change. But there are some principles, some traditions, if, if nothing else, just the difference between good and evil, that hasn't changed. It has not changed. There are people out there that want to change it, regrettably. And we're going to do our best to expose them, call them out, and promote that good is good, bad is bad. It's just simple as that. But I appreciate you. Um, indulging me on that as we approach uh, Thanksgiving. 
I, I just sent you, Rhino, speaking of those who want to radically change our great nation, there's no doubt that the Biden camp is nervous going into next year. You see that video I just sent you? Oh, yeah. And this is from the Lincoln Project, which I think is misnamed somewhat. I don't know that Abraham Lincoln would be proud of uh, their worldview. Certainly, I don't think it corresponded with his. But they say in this tweet, the President Biden inherited a country divided. He and his administration have taken office with poise and have worked tirelessly for all Americans ever since. Our global profile has improved and our economy is growing. President Biden, thank you. Well, uh, unfortunately, they, uh, they associate division with one person, Donald Trump. If it's Donald Trump, it's division. And the other thing they're starting to toss around to the point where it, it's, it's been diluted dramatically, and that's this concept of fascism. No, there's no fascism. That this isn't, though they want it to be, it feels like sometimes, this isn't the Axis powers of the 1940s. Don't tell former Senator Claire McCaskill that. You see that nonsense? Tell the folks about that. She was on some nonsense show on MSNBC espousing that Trump is, quote-unquote, even more dangerous than Hitler. He, she sure did. That's despicable, Senator. You should be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for you. Unbelievable. I mean, she broke Godwin's law. What's that? Which is you automatically lose a debate if you have to resort to calling somebody Hitler. The word Hitler Nazi should just be expunged in any serious debate, in my view. But that, but I think they fear. They see the polls. They know Donald Trump's kicking his butt. In the swing states where it matters, and they fear it. They know they got a guy that I don't think can get elected. And so what they've done is they've resorted to to this just kind of um, Their casual habitat of hyperbole, right? And trying to be almost casual about it. But when you say fascism and Hitler and Nazi and all those pejoratives over and over and over again. Mussolini was the fascist. He was the fascist. That's right. It was uh, uh, he and he made no bones about it. I mean, that was the style of government that he sought. And he was the head of it. He was the chief fascist in Italy, uh, experienced a very dark time under his rule, his reign, honestly. But I tell you what, they paid his butt back, didn't they? When um, They finally succeeded with the Allies in restoring power and control, and they hung him, his wife, his henchmen, upside down in the square there and beat him to a pulp because he imposed and inflicted such pain on his own people for his own personal benefit. That's fascist, and used... Uh, industry and the assets available in the country under his control to achieve his personal lifestyle and wealth. That's fascism. Folks, we're stepping aside for a break. Half an hour in this hour, and then Drake Bassett kicks us off at 12.05. 
everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Dippert on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone it's middays that's the great hall and oaks bumping us into this segment here they're not getting along very well i heard that what's up in uh, hall and oaks paradise land there apparently daryl hall has filed a lawsuit against his formical former musical compadre john oates yeah claiming some sort of breach of contract even got a restraining order against oates wow so they sound like they're fighting over money. Seems like it. Yeah. Not a whole lot of details, though, because it's all been sealed by the court. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, we were talking in the last segment about the the Democrats and uh, Democrat supporters, especially on the media, that are just going full out on this this idea this, they're, that they're trying to issue as a warning. If we elect Donald Trump, it's fascism. It's just unbelievable, and it, it again, it completely loses all credibility when you're trying to make a political case for somebody or against somebody, and you immediately just jump to that, to the bottom. And the stuff they have alleged, including, he's going to execute all his political enemies. Seriously? Now... To them, however, breaking up and gaining control of and introducing common sense and declawing, if you will, the deep state, the massive bureaucracies that are run by these ideologues, such as Mayorkas now, whom we just talked about, the Secretary of Homeland Security, who has issued extensive rules. It's not even guidance. It's rules of how Border Patrol agents must engage with those crossing into the country illegally from a pronoun and gender perspective. The world's gone mad, this country certainly has, on this pronoun gender crap. And so if Donald Trump comes in and says, you know what, we're reversing all that. We are, we're terminating those policies. I believe Rhino the left would say, that's fascism. That's what they call fascism. I mean, they screamed racism when he tried to prevent people from coming into the country from countries that want to kill us. Well, that's true. That's absolutely true. So... We just got a uh, text, Jerry in Waynesboro. Look what Morning Joe said about Trump. Uh, you're right, uh, Jerry. I did see that. And it was over there on MSNBC, Joe Scarborough on his show with Mika, his wife. A.K.A. Okay, the land of crazy people. The, no doubt. And he was going off on a rant about, again, what, what I'm saying here. 
which was, um, I guess, warning about life if Joe in this country, if uh, Donald Trump should be elected. He just went crazy, but he did invoke the word fascism and all that crap. Um, he even got he got written about in um, the New York Times. So he's, they've all been out of shape because Trump called his political enemies vermin and said he's talking like a um, an autocrat. And I certainly admit that I and I think a lot of people in this country wish that Trump would tone down the rhetoric, but as far as his intentions and his plans, I support him. He gets that the deep state is a large part of what ails this country. These bureaucracies go off and think they're in charge, and unfortunately, they are based on based on the orders that they uh, that they issue such as this one from Mayorkas. I mean, that just shouldn't happen, in my view, without some congressional oversight, something more than just a cabinet member who decides to implement such policies regarding people who cross into the country illegally. I want to see a dang document written up on how we're going to stop that. That's what he ought to be focused on. Not, oh, we might hurt their feelings. Are you kidding me? We might hurt the feelings because that's what the pronoun misidentification crap's all, all about. about feelings. It's all about feelings. So we're worried about the feelings of people that invade this country illegally, many of whom you know have their sights set on wielding some sort of harm on this nation. And, and I think you can reasonably conclude that, can you not, based on the number of Chinese nationals? that are in here, I don't think they're in here looking for a job. I think Xi Jinping has planted them. And I guess people may say that's a conspiracy theory, but can you explain why else these sorts of people are crossing over? I don't know that anybody can. The uh, The rules issued by my Mayorkas, do not use he, him, she, her pronouns until you have more information about or provided by the individual. So you're supposed to stop and ask someone who has unlawfully entered this country who's already thinking about how many Americans they can kill. Hey, what pronoun do you want me to refer to you by? you got to be kidding me. This is the American left. Sadly. Sadly. And this stuff is is being used, uh, this ideology is being taught, is being foisted on kids as early as kindergarten. You know, that gender stuff, that's made up by adults. You're whatever you want to be. Unbelievable, in my view. And it's 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 scary, honestly. But it's happening. It's happening in this country, and we're going to call it out. We just are. Again, you won't get me to say anything other than this is still the greatest place on the face of the earth. It is the um, by far the best, the finest, the most outstanding nation ever conceived of and created by humans. 
It's also the only one, if you think about it, with a creed that recognizes that our rights come from a higher power. I don't know that there's another nation that holds that. Not for the citizenry, no. Right. Usually if a nation acknowledges the power of a higher being, it is to establish the rule of a monarch or a head of state. For personal gain, of course. Let me keep all those rights to me, right? You little people, you don't count. That's not how it works in this country. You're neither above or below the law, regardless of your status. And that's what we have to, to fight relentlessly for. And I do believe that Trump sees that. I do not think that Biden and the left, and with Claire McCaskill and her ridiculous rhetoric, and now um, Morning Joe, he says, I've got to say it's really important that we're talking about the possible end of democracy, and it's really important that these stories are in just about every day to, again, keep explaining to people so that if they decide that they want to throw away American democracy and go towards autocracy, they can never say they weren't warned. Oh, thank you, Joe. You're warning us. Well, you know what he don't get? You know what people want? It's $2 gas. Am I right? That's what they want. That's what they remember. That's what these people, these fools don't get. And now they're working overtime to try to explain to people how great the economy is. If you've got to explain it to them, well, then it ain't good. People aren't stupid. They feel it at the gas pump. They feel it at the checkout line at the grocery store. They see it in their paycheck. You got to explain it to them. What do they say? The old adage: If you're explaining, you're losing. You're losing because you're explaining. No, no, no. Let me tell you how great it is. I know I've shared this before, but I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the, what they called the summer of recovery after Obama took office, and that's when we had the big bank failure and. 2008, just before he was elected, and they passed what seems like petty cash today, Rhino. The um, American Rescue and Recovery Act, I think is what it was called, um, back then in 2009, when he when he took office. And it was, this is incredible, $887 billion. That's petty cash today. And when you think about these coronavirus relief acts that we passed, some $6 trillion. And I remember Joe Biden as the vice president. He did, I guess Obama dispatched him to go tell the country how great the Recovery Act is. <laughs> In Joe Biden, typical style, he had that, um, that Walter look on his face, <laughs> that scowl, those squinty eyes, and he was standing at a podium. I remember this. It was kind of an open-air sort of uh, a meeting with just somewhere in the country with a couple hundred just American citizens there, and he was saying, the Recovery Act is working! It's working! Like, if you got to pound your fist on the table to tell us that, that means nobody's feeling it. And that's exactly what's happening. It's the same song, second verse. Coming right back, folks, in the Element Well studio. It's so awesome! Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show! On Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back, everyone. It's midday. Super Talk Mississippi. Tim from Tupelo says on the ceasefire text line, how do these folks get a driver's license or insurance? Last I recall, you either have to check off male or female on the application. Not he, she, him, non-binary. Easter Bunny is not a choice on those applications. Not so fast there, Tim. Unfortunately, as we have reported, there are uh, numerous entities that are accommodating such, if you have seen, Rhino. It kind of started with the TSA, right, who says now you can, on your um, uh, when you're traveling, when you're flying, you can select something other than the traditional male and female. If you uh, get one of the TSA uh, clearances, what do they call them? I have one, I can't remember. Pre-check. Pre-check, automatic pre-check. Yeah, I was going to say fast pass, but I was like, no, that's, that's a Disney. damn amusement park. <laughs> that's right. But remember they decided that uh, they would accommodate? It's just crazy how we've gone to such great lengths and honestly costs to accommodate, as you have pointed out rightfully, a teeny tiny sliver of the population. You simply cannot accommodate everybody's little whim to appease their feelings. We're going to go broke, among other things, doing it. Not to mention that it almost always imposes on others who don't need such accommodations. Unbelievable. So, uh, also on the ceasefire text line, congratulations, man, what an honor, Gary from Tishomingo. Appreciate that, Gary. And that's, uh, folks, if you tuned in, I'm honored, humbled, blessed to be featured today on... Page 23 of the Wall Street Journal, an announcement from the Who's Who organization. I was inducted into the Who's Who in America a couple of months ago, and they informed me a couple of weeks ago that I would also be named as a distinguished leader, and they're just a fraction of the Who's Who in America are also named to that list. And so they feature those in the Wall Street Journal, and that's in there today. Appreciate that. Karen in Oxford, that's incredible, Gerard, and well-deserved. You've earned it. Appreciate that, Karen. Thank you. Tim and McGee, congratulations, Gerard. That's something you should be very, very proud of, and you're a good man. I appreciate that, Tim. So so are you, sir, and I appreciate you listening to us uh, on a daily basis and making us part of your day. And you're right. Like I said, I'm blessed with a fabulous family. There are no better blessings than than, uh, good people whom you love and love you. Congrats, brother, on the ceasefire text line president-elect Paula Meridian. Congratulations on the recognitions, on the recognition as an older white male who has had a job since he was 15. Feel like my primary privilege was to be born into a good family and have the opportunity to work. You're absolutely right, Paul. I agree with you on that, no doubt. And I'm sure that given your success and the good man that you are, that your parents instilled those values in you. And you're right. We need more of that, dang it, not this... What do they call it, Rhino? Delayed gratification. That's racist. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's the way it works. You're not entitled to squat, but an opportunity. And there's plenty of opportunity. Don't tell me there's not. Don't hand me this, the deck stacked, and you're oppressed, and all that crap. That's the Marxist fools that, by the way, are privileged to get $300,000 a year to have the ability to spew that rhetoric. For their own personal gain, because they're losers. If they're doing that, they're losers. Just you can't describe it any other way. Which that's the problem that society is pushing back against, at least somewhat. It wasn't that long ago 
that if you espoused racist ideals, it was pretty clear-cut and dry that you were ignorant. It's true. Just dyed-in-the-wool ignorant. Now, you can be as racist as you want to be as long as it's only impacting certain people and you got a D by your name. Because, as we have seen... Uh, but it's also these people that claim to be the most intelligent, the most well thought, the most well, the most well rounded and cultured in our society. They should be making the decisions for all of us. Like the Anti Defamation Defamation League, the ADL, who has declared that racism in their glossary is only bias and bigotry against people of color. Can't can't be any other way. Really, that's just bizarre to me. And it's like, who made you the boss in defining that? So it's another situation where how do we ever honestly address true, true racism and bigotry when we have these ridiculous definitions of it and the concepts really don't align with reality? I admit we're flawed humans. Some of us humans have these tendencies, among others, that's just part of God's plan, and we got to, to fight out, a uh, fight against those. But we got to fight what is factual, not what you make up for your own personal gain, and that's what's happening right now. We're stepping aside for a break. It's top of the hour. That means it's Fox News and Super Talk News, and after that break, Drake Bassett, President and CEO of Palmer Home. Stay with us. To the show that challenges you to think deeply, to think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Hour three, the afternoon portion of Middays is live with you now from the Element Well studio on this hump day. And also what we call it, Thanksgiving Eve, right? Yeah, I think we declared it as such. We appreciate you joining us today. And uh, now joining us is Drake Bassett, the president and CEO of Palmer Home. Hey, Drake, how's it going today, sir? Very good, Gerard. Uh, great to see you. Yes, sir. Same here. So uh, we always enjoy um, our big day up at the Palmer home, raising money uh, for the home and for the kids. Uh, a, a great cause. And uh, we did pretty good this year, didn't we? How much we end up raising? Well, we did really, really well. Uh, we raised uh, over uh, $200,000, close to, uh, you know, two two forty. I think, is where we were at. Yeah. And, um you know, I got to say, Gerard, I, I was listening to your ramp up, uh, yeah. and, and I was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll blame you for getting me a little ramped up. That, <laughs> that was good commentary. And, um, you know, congratulations on 
being recognized. Uh, by the way, that that is fantastic. Thank, um, thank you, Trey. And and I think it's really nice when when quality people are recognized for those types of things. Appreciate that, Trey. And it also occurred to me that um, you know you and I have talked about we, we come from similar background in terms of business, and uh, you know it, it wasn't easy getting started. I'm sure in your career. And I suspect that they didn't give you that who's who award, uh, you know, 12 months into your, uh, <laughs> your career. Uh, they, they just didn't. Um, you know, and, and the reality is we don't do our young people and, and that, that's of course where Palmer Holmes invested. Um, we don't do our young people any favors by setting unrealistic expectations or by disguising the realities of the way this world works. And, and so, you know, we don't hand out apartments, we don't hand out jobs, we don't hand out cars, and we're trying to teach our children here at Palmer Home, you know, as they're growing up, but especially when they cross over uh, in, you know, 18 plus and they get out into the world, we try to teach them that those principles and those values of hard work and faith and trying again and, and you know, when you fail, you got to get back up. You know, we're, we're spending a lot of time coaching young people who already have some emotional handicaps from the fact that they didn't have a support network. Yeah. So I also get a little irritated when people are running around with big paychecks lecturing the universe about all the things we need to be doing for people. It yeah. doesn't help anybody. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, you know, speaking from Palmer home, it doesn't help our children overcome what's real in the world. So I thank you for your commentary on that. And I know that you earned your award. Uh, and, uh, you know, we teach our children that if you work at it, there's some good, there's some good things out there for you as well. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's special. And I, I'm, I'm honored. I'm humbled, Drake, at the, at the kind words. Uh, but, uh, honestly, most importantly, that, uh, Palmer Home, your organization, uh, instills those values, uh, in the children and, and, Look, uh, you and I, we we were blessed in that we we didn't we had a stable right. home life, and I know that's what your goal is. That's what your mission is, is to ensure yeah. that these children who who didn't ask for the circumstances that uh, that they were born into often, or that right. maybe evolved into that, uh, but they're they're still a precious child. And they still have unbelievable potential in their entire lives in front of them. And if we can just get them some stability, which is what Palmer Home offers, and some guidance and mentorship and instill those values in them, then they're on their way and they can they can access and they can capitalize on the wonderful world of opportunities that are available to them in this state, in this country, and and they can live a successful, healthy life as an adult and hopefully as a parent who then passes that on to their children. That, to me, ought to be the goal. That's what made this country so great. We seem to have drifted somewhat from those values. So I applaud you, Drake, and the whole team at Palmer Home um, for, for carrying on that tradition there. Well, I think, you know, uh, you know, Super Talk Radio, I think the people across Mississippi, uh, who have, have been living, you know, long enough to know, you know, what it takes can appreciate that, you know, sure, children are going to have some, some, some handicaps in terms of overcoming the, 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 some of the difficult circumstances that they come from. 
But what you talked about is exactly what we're trying to do. Last night, uh, my wife and I had uh, the pleasure of, of joining about 10 of our, our, our older children for a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, you know, they're uh, 18 and older. And um, uh, we we got to visit with them and have, have dinner together. And I listened to, you know, one young man talk about getting ready to, you know, become part of an EMT group. Uh, he's training for that. I listened to another young man talk about getting promoted at work. Uh, he wants to be a diesel mechanic. I listened to one young lady talk about her. Uh, she's just completed uh, or about to complete a round of, you know, community college, and then she's going to head off to one of our major schools, and, and she wants to be involved with social work. I'm listening to these children who have accepted their circumstance, but they have embraced the challenge to break the cycle, overcome, and get out there and, and give it the best that they've got. Now, the way that that works, and that's why I'm so grateful always to come on the radio and thank all of the people who contribute to Palmer Home, because what that does is it creates a place where we can all be together and we can talk about those values and they can find and experience people who love and care for them and will coach them uh, around the corner yeah. uh, in order to get out there in life. So as we come up on Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving's a really nice time. We all like to huddle with people that we know and love and that love us back. And, uh, you know, we're grateful that we have those families and those opportunities. And what we try to provide at Palmer Home are the same kind of opportunities. So we're thrilled that we can do it. And it's for all the reasons you mentioned that, you know, life's tough, but hey, there are opportunities and, and you can live a great life. Yeah. If you, if you have the support network. The, the, uh, the prospects of a child, uh, developing into a productive and, and, and balanced, uh, happy, healthy adult are much greater when those values are being instilled than when they're constantly hearing you just don't have any chance. I, I just reject that. I got to tell you, I, I totally disagree with that approach. And it may be self-serving to those who are spewing that rhetoric at them, but it's not helping the subject, in my view. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid it is. Uh, I, I think you're right. And, and you know, if, if we didn't have, um, you know, history behind us to demonstrate that, you know, that there's no yellow brick road. Yeah. Uh, the reality is you, you've really got to, to see that the world can be difficult. And, you know, we've defined ourselves as, as a nation, not perfectly. Everybody understands that. It's not, you know, it's not perfect. But the reality is we've, we've basically said we're going to treat you fairly. We're going to create an opportunity. The law and the courts are going to protect injustice. And we're all going to give it the best we got. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not as simple as that. And, and so if we can help our young people experience the same thing, statistics show, yes, that they can overcome and that they can experience some great things. So I, I reject it as well. And I would, it's the last thing I would tell a young person is, well, go out there and find someone to give it to you. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're going to continue to coach them to work hard, you know, read their Bible, study, learn, grow, become good people. And, uh, things will be good for you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And just following the old golden rule, just treating people the way you want to be treated, that'll take you far in any endeavor. It sure it will. will. It'll take you far. It just always works, no matter what. And, yeah. I, you know, I, I I wonder, and I know you do too, Drake, about those who who are in difficult circumstances who, who you can't get to, who, who you can't serve. And and then you look at those who you have, and you've got to take some 
uh, satisfaction in knowing that, you know, because they crossed our path and we were able to get to them, we changed the trajectory of their lives forever. Yeah. You know, that is really the concept, and I appreciate you stating it that way. Um, We are uh, always grateful for any child that, for whatever reason, makes their way to our door. Because the way we see it is is that is our opportunity to serve them, but it's their opportunity to hear some things and receive some things and experience the love and the trust that will allow them to grow. I, I, I know there are many children out there that, that we can't reach or that we can't serve, and I wish in some way that that could all be addressed. Yeah. But I will say this, for every child that comes our way, we're not going to back off one bit. We're going to do everything we can to serve them. And that's why we appreciate the trust and, and the commitment of, of friends like you and, and Super Talk, you know, broadly, and of course, everybody across Mississippi that contributes to Palmer Home. That's our goal, and we'll continue to pursue that. It's awesome. Appreciate you, Drake, for coming on, and, and please uh, express our happy Thanksgiving sentiments to everybody at Palmer Home, all the children, all those associated with it. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. You bet. Great to see you, Gerard. Take care. We're coming right back, folks. Thanks a lot. Talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's around the back. Just a half a mile. Little Arlo Guthrie there, bumping us into this segment, looking at a Fox News poll, November 10th through 13th, voters under age of 45 disapproved by 62% of Joe Biden's performance. They don't get it. I don't think that's going to turn around by beating your hands on the podium and saying, it's working. (laughs) But that's what we're hearing. Oh, uh, Liz Warren over there, you know her. She's your favorite uh, beer drinker, right? <laughs> She's your beer buddy. How about a beer, huh? <laughs> I love that. She says, Thanksgiving dinner costs less this year than last. Why? Justice AR, which is some group that's like trying to, uh, uh, I guess, divulge or, or um, disclose that there's price-fixing schemes going on in America's agricultural industry. Justice AR is working hard to promote competition in the agriculture industry, taking on price-fixing schemes and fighting monopolies. Thankful for AAG Cantor and the Biden administration for helping farmers and fighting corporate greed. Of course, again, to Liz... Making a dime of profit is considered corporate greed. Please define for us, Liz, what amount of profit would be acceptable to you, hon? Because you, of course, believe you and Bernie and Joe and others in your party 
are better equipped to manage a $23 trillion economy than is the market. That's what she's saying there. Yeah, as long as I get involved, we can eliminate that corporate greed. Pursuit of profit. That's terrible. Oh, my gosh. And unfortunately, too many people in this country lap this up as gospel. You're getting hurt because those corporations are making money. They should just give it to you without any understanding of what that concept really means. It's just it shows how, how I don't want to say they're scared. They're not scared, but it shows how concerned they are about Biden's favorability that they're even coming out and talking about Thanksgiving with glowing terms. That's true. Because there's the loony side of the left that thinks Thanksgiving is the devil. Or I guess they wouldn't say that because they don't believe in the devil. So well, Thanksgiving's evil. That's true. That's that's right. An evil, wicked tradition. That's true. And they'll they'll come up with all of the um, uh, all of the uh, injustices, shall we say, that were, I guess, related to Thanksgiving. They'll come up with. How we mistreated the Indians and the pilgrims were, they were tyrants and fascists, all that kind of stuff. Like, dude, all we're trying to do is take a day off just to give thanks for our many blessings. I know that's over your head. That's a difficult concept to get your head around, your brain, what, what's in there. Robert Wolf, he was an uh, Obama economic advisor. He says, the White House must do a better job explaining how Bidenomics is working. It's, he doesn't get it either. you got to explain it better. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. That pain you're feeling at the pump, you're really not. Let me tell you how much better off you are. Do they not get... Don't believe your lying eyes. <laughs> exactly. Here's what I would say. In 2023, wages has outperformed inflation. I actually think the trend is our friend, but they do have to do a much better job explaining why actually things are being better. But that's hard, he goes on to say. Oh, gosh. No, that ain't going to work. And it's and it's beyond just that. It's people see this feeble man. They see the foot-high fire on his desk in the Oval Office atop his birthday cake. They see it. And they, they see- roll their eyes when people like KJP come out and say, well, I, I can barely keep up with him. His energy, stamina. his vibrancy, his stamina. <laughs> That's her favorite word. Uh, stamina. <laughs> Golly. Uh, no, people aren't buying that. I'm sorry. And that's that's part of the problem, isn't it? Just tell the truth. You refuse to accept, acknowledge, stand by, live by the truth, and people know it. Who was the reporter that took Corinne Jean-Pierre to task over polls? Oh, yeah, and she, she got indignant about it, too, man. Uh, so is Biden. You know, a couple of times he's been questioned about it. The few times he'll actually allow a reporter to ask him a question. Of course, it's never one he calls on, because he doesn't call on anybody that's going to ask anything but softball-friendly questions. They've instructed him to do so, right? Got his little cheat sheet with their picture on it. That's right. Uh, Gene and Mendenhall, tell Elizabeth Warren I just seen a bag of chitlins for 36 bucks, so no things ain't better. 
Thank you, Rhino. My Thanksgiving is complete after you played Alice's Restaurant. That's Brian and Madison. Unbelievable. Remember shovel-ready jobs? There was something in that shovel, all right, says Gary in the Berg. And it wasn't jobs, and that is in reference to Biden's American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, the ARRA, as I recall. Remember, they put signs up all over the place. I wonder how much we spent on the signs. Telling everybody this road is being paved with RRA funds. And then finally, in a conversation on late night TV, I think it was with Jim, uh, maybe it was, maybe it was just a, a like a uh, an event he was at. I was thinking at late night TV, he also said that maybe the shovel ready jobs weren't quite as shovel ready, but it was Jeffrey Immelt, his buddy, that was the CEO of GE at the time. And, and I think. Obama, as I recall, was at the podium addressing some group, and Immelt was one of the executives sitting in a chair behind him on the stage, and and um, Immelt was even laughing when Obama made that quip. Well, I guess the shovel-ready jobs weren't quite as shovel-ready as I thought they were, because that was really a big payback to his union buddies, the money that um, we sent to the car manufacturers, which were all union. By the way, that was an equity investment, and the taxpayers have never gotten their money back on that. It's still sitting, crazy as it is, in their um, in their registry of shares. On the other hand, they forced. I learned this because I had several banks who were customers. They forced this um, recovery loans, as they were. Um, I can't remember the the TARP TARP. So used to saying ARPA, which is the Biden acronym for the American Rescue Plan, TARP, Troubled Asset Relief Program, thinks what it stood for. And the federal government just gave this money. Actually, they, it was loans. I shouldn't say gave loans to banks, and they forced them. I talked to banks that were my customers that said we didn't really need this. We didn't have we didn't have anything bad happen to us like the big banks that made terrible bets and had these credit default swaps and all that crap. This is back in 2008. But he said, yeah, CEOs that I talked to said, yeah, they made us take it. And they paid it back, by the way. A lot of people don't realize this, that it was a so-called bailout. And most, most people, of course, detest that. Government gives them billions of dollars. So the truth is, every single dime that went to the banks was paid back with interest. It actually ended up being, a, it's not a recommended approach. We don't want to start just doling out loans to the private sector. I, I, I um, don't support that. I reject that. But they did, and they paid it back with interest. It was actually turned out to be a good investment for the taxpayers. Every dime. No defaults. Been paid off for years. The car manufacturers, the union car manufacturers, on the other hand, that was an equity investment. That wasn't a loan. And the taxpayers haven't been made whole on that. But, of course, that was, again, petty cash compared to PPP and all the helicopter money we dropped out. These... uh uh, relief employment relief programs. A lot of you see a lot of ads all over the place. People are getting just free money for that just because they kept people employed, even though their business didn't fall off. There's no testing to see if you truly did need this money to cover the payroll needed, as in your business fell off because of the COVID lockdowns. Talking about ads and free money, I want to put out a PSA real quick. 
don't believe the artificial intelligence generated ads that you see on social media and the YouTube and places like that, where you've got Joe Biden's voice, Joe Rogan's voice, various famous celebrities' voices telling you how you could get $6,200 from the government. How are you missing out on this? Those are scams. I report every single one of those ads that pops up, and they just keep coming. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And There's now, no way on earth Joe Biden and Joe Rogan are going to agree to you do an ad to send you $6,000 from the government. That's absolutely true. I agree with that. Folks, we're coming right back. we got half an hour left in the Element Well studio on this day before Thanksgiving. Stay with us. Everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbett on Super Talk Mississippi. The great Pink Floyd, 30 million expected to fly. 30 million. Must have misheard it or read it earlier this morning with 6 million. I'm looking at it right now. The TSA says expect 30 million, and they had this the FlightAware misery map. I think folks that fly a lot are familiar with that tool, FlightAware. 1,879 flights delayed thus far since the they started tracking the travel over the holiday. And 230 canceled flights. 2.6 million are to be expected to be screened. Uh, 2.7, pardon me, two-day TSA. That's a lot of folks flying. Wow. Got a little breaking news coming out of New York State. What's up? The bridge connecting the United States and Canada at Niagara Falls, known as the Rainbow Bridge, has been closed after a vehicle explosion. Mm -hmm. The Niagara Falls mayor's office said the incident involved a vehicle crossing into the U.S. from Canada and that the FBI is on the scene. Wow. That's interesting. Hope everything's okay there. The picture in the article is a lot of mess. Okay. That's kind of, I bet that's kind of a tough place to deal with such a situation, I'm sure. Also, Israel Hamas Hamas ceasefire. Looks like they got a hostage exchange deal worked out. Yeah, four day ceasefire. Late yesterday. Release of fifty hostages. Man, I pray they're alive and in good health. I really do. I mean my fear has been the worst because Let's just be honest. These are evil, wicked, inhumane people. Why we have so many in this country that uh, take their side is beyond me. Because they they see civilians as a honestly that's a, that's a core part of their mission is to inflict harm and death and torture on civilians to 
achieve their their political, you could call it that, agenda and goal. Man, I pray they're okay. I really do. But I got to tell you, Rhino, I, it is being described as a temporary ceasefire. These people aren't going away. They're not going away. They're not done. They made it very clear what their goal is to eradicate Israel off the face of the planet. And we're next. Make no mistake. That's why it just blows me away. They're people that enjoy the freedoms this country affords. And I support their right to be stupid and protest. I do, in the name of free speech. I'll fight like hell to protect that right. I think it's stupid. I think it's misguided. I question their ability to discern, to understand the difference between just good and bad. Nothing more or less than that. I really do. And I tell you, it's causing a fracturing in the Democrat Party. Really, It really is. Because, again, they try to appease everybody. And it's impossible. You've got to take a side somewhere. And reports show that Biden literally is losing a lot of the young folks in this country because of his pro-Israel stance. That's unbelievable to me. They're getting brainwashed by, especially in the classroom, by these Marxist, and they're permanently aggrieved, these people. Woe is me, people. Losers. And get paid and guaranteed tenure to do it. Nice work if you can get it, right? Really is sick. But I, I pray and I hope this works out well. And these uh, these hostages are reunited uh, with their families. I look forward to seeing those happy images. John, Just an update on the Rainbow yeah. Bridge situation. Yeah. The the article says vehicle explosion, but and I'm not an expert, but I'm looking at a couple pictures and a video from the scene. I think the more accurate description would be car bomb. Okay. That is a lot of devastation for an engine blowing up or something happening with a gas tank that that looks like a car bomb which would likely be intentionally planted there to driven into a, a checkpoint yeah nice man if it turns out if it's revealed that this has got something to do with the Biden administration's ridiculously lax border security policies all hell's gonna break loose I'm shocked this hasn't happened, something like that, on the southern border, where, of course, the number crossing over is multiplied exponentially by what we're seeing on the northern border there. Johnny and Tupelo asks, Mr. G on the ceasefire text line, with your intelligence, integrity, and honesty, do you foresee any future plans of getting into politics? I can't see you doing radio much longer, or am I wrong? Well, all I'll tell you, Johnny, is that um, I seek the good Lord's guidance, and uh, I'm, I'm quite happy hosting the show here uh, on the radio at, on middays, and I enjoy being part of the Super Talk family. I'm, I'm honored and blessed in, in that respect to have landed uh, this gig, especially having parted with an asset that I built a uh, company. I know Obama says I didn't. Um, and I didn't want to sell the company. I've made that clear. And that's, you know, no hard feelings there. I've, I have accepted that. That's part of it. 
It's part of it. I knew it when I pursued that strategy. That was a risk. Uh, but we'll see. Johnny's all I can tell you. I, I appreciate your kind words, by the way, and appreciate you you uh, listening to us. I know you do because we see you text a lot, and we are grateful for that. But, uh, you know, it's, you just never know. I certainly wouldn't have known a short – it'll be five years when I sold the company, closed the deal in uh, January. It was 19. And I certainly <laughs> didn't envision that I'd, I'd land in, in this – capacity but i have uh, thoroughly enjoyed it and i, I hope you guys enjoyed as much as i do and you know it's what i'm doing um you never know what's out there nobody can say that you know you should, I, I believe you shouldn't shut the door on anything you never know where god leads you and that's just kind of how i'm playing it um you know this is a chapter of my life that i i'm grateful for and i appreciate it i enjoy like hell working with with rhino and the great team here and you know, it's the circumstances that landed me here are are certainly sad uh, with the passing of the great J.T. Williamson, and I I don't I know that I could never replace him. I accept that. Um, I hope he's happy with uh, the continuation of the show, looking down on us and inspiring us from heaven. What a great man uh, he was, and we certainly miss him. So, but I appreciate the kind words there, Johnny. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen suggests funding schools in Ukraine is a matter of national security, says Jerry in Waynesboro. Yeah, I've seen her say some of that crap. They they have taken this whole Ukraine funding deal, Rhino, and they have they have stretched and contorted and manipulated that to hell and back, honestly. And again, if they can show me how that and I think most Americans believe this, how are we benefiting? What's in it for us? You know, we got to take care of our own here. You get a lot more, I I think, support for the funding, but so far they can't. Not only can they, I haven't seen a full accounting where all the money's going. That's part of the problem, is it not? Because you hear all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know if it's true or not. It kind of sounds far-fetched, but... Without somebody standing in front of the country and saying, I'd like to see an analysis, an accounting, an inventory. Here's how much went to this. Here's how much, And this is what you're getting for that American taxpayers. That hadn't happened yet, to, to my knowledge. You just get people like Yellen, who just pound on the table and say, we got to have more money. Lindsey Graham, Republican senator from South Carolina. I mean, according to him, if we don't send him more money, the whole world's going to blow up. He may be right, but it's just coming out of his mouth. There's no support for that assertion. I'm sure hostilities will slow slightly as it gets colder and colder in the Ukraine-Russia conflict. But at some point, they're going to have to come to the table and talk peace. And it may happen sooner rather than later for Ukraine, simply because they're running out of manpower. That's what I've heard. The average age of the soldiers being sent to the front lines is between 46 and 49. Are you kidding? I didn't know that. I knew they were struggling with personnel. I knew that was an issue. At the start of this, it was in the lower 30s. Gosh. But that's an entire generation just wiped wiped out out by Russian aggression. Russia has their own resource constraints as well. It's uh, They certainly didn't think they'd still be fighting this thing right now. You know that wasn't their plan, and that wasn't their calculation. We got the final segment on this 
hump day, as Rhino says, before Thanksgiving when we return here on Middays in the Element Well Studio. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi. The great Joe Walsh, he just had a birthday. It's all over social media, like 75 or something. You ever heard him tell his personal story? He's lucky to be alive today, honestly. But uh, my hat's off to him, man. He overcame it and he survived. Yeah, he turned 76 two days ago. Six, okay. Darren in Jackson says, If you notice these actors, authors, athletes, etc., give their political views and stances after they have made their fortunes and can survive any fallout. Absolutely correct, Darren. It's uh, uh, Look at it even uh, on a macro basis, Darren. Um, you, you're right about kind of using economic terminology, the micro basis. But think about the macro basis. It's easy, right, once you've created this giant pie of wealth we have under unabashed capitalism and free markets. Oh, let's just recut it from for you, some for you. That's easy. That socialism, that redistribution, that's easy once you've produced this massive amount of wealth that only capitalism could lead to. It's the incumbency. No doubt about it. You know, I've, I've talked some about these sprawling DEI organizations in the university environment. Ohio State's one that comes up all the time because we just learned that they have this giant DEI department. All, all the, uh, the workers, they're all administrators, if you will, with some fancy management title. It's got about eight words in it. They're all making, it seems like, quarter million dollars a year. Well, it turns out it's $20 million a year. That's what OSU is spending. But somebody did a records request, an organization called the University Policy, it's the University Policy Group at the National Association of Scholars. They got 800 pages of diversity faculty recruitment reports. And you know what they found is that the university is prioritizing diversity, equity, and inclusion over merit in the march to mediocrity. So they hired more than 100 new DEI-related employees between 2018 and 2023. They've got 189. 189. So this is one of the, listen to this, Rhino, one faculty position advertised last year was in French and Francophone studies. What is that? What's Francophone, F-R-A-N-C-O-P-H-O-N-E, with a, quote, specialization in black France. Black France? Francophone just means French speaking. Okay. It yielded a more racially diverse but still majority white applicant pool. We can't have that. 
The committee was adamant about its intended outcome. Quote, in our deliberations to select finalists, the importance of bringing black scholars to campus was deemed to be essential. We thus choose three black candidates. Even though a non-black candidate or two could have been more qualified. That, my friends, is discrimination. It's the march to mediocrity. It's the recipe for a mediocre society. That's what it is. Just incredible. But yeah, Darren, you're absolutely right. Those who are anti-Israel, says Willis in Hattiesburg, need to stop and look at who holds the deed to the land that was given to Israel. Most likely the deed is located on a shelf next to the books of life. How about that? Bobby in Batesville informs that it was an attempted terror attack at the bridge. Rhino sent me some photos. It's pretty clear that that wasn't just an engine overheating and catching on fire or even a a battery in an electric vehicle because the damage to uh, some of the structures, and it looks like a garage, the checkpoint there, I guess it's kind of an overhang. Yeah. um, Yeah, a, a, a roofed area. It's pretty far away from where the car was. That looks like a bomb with projectiles that pushed out, of course, from the core of the explosion. Yeah, I mean, if you if you presume it were, say, a, a fire that somehow got started in the gas tank and then spilled over to the checkpoint, you would still see the car sitting there. Even if the gas tank blew up, there'd be big chunks of the car. Whereas in the pictures I'm seeing, you've got the checkpoint which looks like an explosion happened, and you have the engine block of the vehicle sitting 20 feet away and debris just everywhere. One person injured, just uh, looking at a report, my wife must be listening, she just sent, and and it is being already deemed a terror attack. The uh, the FBI is on scene investigating. Uh, Then sources have told Fox News this was an attempted terrorist attack. Well, don't worry about it, though, right now, because Joe, uh, what's he's, he's down in Delaware, right? They're blowing out birthday candles, still. It's probably still blowing them out because it was like a major fire there in the Approaching Oval 40% of his presidency spent on vacation. Oh, my gosh. And this is the guy who's going to handle this? I don't take great comfort in that. I mean, I'm just being honest there. Folks, we thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you have the absolute best, happiest Thanksgiving with your loved ones. Give thanks for our many blessings in this great country, in this great state. We'll be back with you again on Friday from Carter Jewelers. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.